You want to break into audio, get a job on a film set? Well, we're going to talk about who you got to talk to to get on the set, first of all. When you're there, what to expect? How do you move up? How do you become a location sound mixer like Rodolfo Piedras from Vancouver, Canada? He's got a great YouTube channel, RLFO Sound, where he talks about all this stuff. But here, we're going to dive into it step by step from bottom to top. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to the Adam Claremont Show. I am your host, Adam Claremont. This is where we talk about how to build and grow a career in audio. And hey, check this out. I got a shirt. Not just any shirt. Well, I guess it's any shirt. But you can have this shirt if you want it, I guess. Not this one. Get your own. But the point is, uh, I made shirts. It's kind of fun. It says, my kick drum is louder than your kick drum. There's another shirt that just says, listen. Seems kind of appropriate. But uh, head over to adamclaremont.threadless.com. I'll put the description in, uh, or I'll put the link in the description below. But if you want a t shirt that's kind of funny, you want to support me, I'll get a couple bucks, then head over there. That's a new thing for me. Also, if you got no money, I got something else for you that's free. If you've been looking around, having a hard time getting to the next level, getting the next project, getting the next client, you see other people doing things that you want to do, you're just really not sure how to go to the next level, adamclaremont.com slash client list. It's a simple PDF guide that gives you step-by-step instructions and ideas and how to do just that. All right, so today my guest is Rodolfo Piedras. Now, Rodolfo is a location sound mixer in Vancouver, Canada. And in addition to an insanely long list of credits on IMDb that consists of a whole bunch of movie of the week and Hallmark Channel credits, Rodolfo also has a YouTube channel that is my absolute favorite when it comes to learning about audio on set. He's great at explaining how to do things with his tutorials, but really his vlogs are just really funny. But also they really just give you great insight on what it looks like to be on set. So check out his channel at RLFO Sound on YouTube. Give him a subscribe. Give him a like. There's a lot to learn there. A lot of laughs to be had also. But hey, Rodolfo, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Hey. How you doing? Yeah. So, uh, you're all the way over in Vancouver. All the way over for somebody yeah. who's in New York right now. Maybe there's other people it's not that far from, right? But, you know, um, I, I just want to tell everybody, I love, love, love the channel. I was, we were just talking earlier, but I learned pretty much from you how to hide lavaliers. I, I just started digging through YouTube when I needed to learn. Your stuff came up and there is so much there. Um, and it was really the best stuff that I found on the topic. So thank you. I don't know how great I am at it still, but I'm better. (laughs) It's like, I think it's one of the hardest things. And, you know, I want to talk to you more about that pretty soon, but, um, you know, just to get started, Rodolfo, can you just sort of give everybody maybe a brief description of, you know, how you got to Vancouver or maybe you've always been in Vancouver, but how you got to be on set? Like, was that always the goal for you? Nope. So, uh, <laughs> so okay, this is a tricky situation here because um, <laughs> the, this story kind of changes all the time I tell it because I remember more things, right? So, <clears throat> if you heard this before, uh, I'm not lying. I'm just adding more to it. So, I was working a regular job like everybody, uh, you know. At least I hope everybody gets a job. Right. You're fortunate to have a job. Even if you don't like it, having a job is a blessing. True. Um, 
nine to five. I hated it. <laughs> Actually, it's not true. I really hated it. It was just, it was just killing me a little bit. Because, you know, once you do something you don't like for too long, it, it starts to, you start to forget what you really want. Yeah. So, I was in one of those situations, and I didn't have that experience uh, that, you know, once you do something for a long time, you kind of get blinded by it, by it, and then you need somebody else with an outside perspective to let you know, hey, you're messing up your life. You need to do something else. Mm. So for me, that person was my sister. And then she said to me, you need to go back to school because I want you to be, you know, an educated man. And I was like, I don't want to go to school. <laughs> and then she goes, you don't have to go to like regular school with books and shit. <laughs> oh, sorry, not swearing. That's fine. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess we beep it out, eh? That's fine. <laughs> it's all okay. Good. They're, they're going to come out, man. They're going to come out. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so then she said, what about music school? Because I always kind of liked music, right? At least I thought I liked music, but I don't know how to write it. I don't know how to read it. So it was not really true. Like I like like music, but not really. Mm. Not that invested. And I said, yeah, you know what? Let's give it a try. I went to apply for a music school, but everybody rejected me. I said, no, you know what? You need more... Uh, we, I don't think this is the right thing for you right now. You should do, maybe start at the you know, different schools. The ones I wanted to go, they say no. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm getting money. It's fine. <sighs> then my sister always wanted to go into film. And she wants to be a film director for since I known the lady. Since I got a memory, she's been talking about it. <laughs> and then she made an appointment for me to go to school, uh, the Vancouver Film School. Mm. Without me knowing, oh, yeah. she made an appointment for me, and then I was at work, my 9 to 5, and then this guy, Patrick, calls me. Hey, uh, your appointment is going to be on Friday. Let me know if that works. Uh, I'm, the, I'm um, something at the Vancouver Film School. I forgot his name, Recruiter or something. And I, I was like, yeah, sure. And I hung up, right, because I was like... Mm, nobody called. I don't know nothing about this, so I'm not going to entertain the idea. I'm just, I just hang up. Did, did you think it was like a cold call, or did you sort of have a suspicion yeah, that your sister was just thought it was like, No, I thought it was like a scam or something. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm originally from Mexico, so I don't trust anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I got trust issues, man. Okay. That's not true. Mexican people are lovely. They're going to hate me for some <laughs> yeah. uh, No, you know... I'm always, I was, I don't trust, not because I'm, I don't, I don't think people are trusty. I just feel like you need to be aware. You can't just be flying in blind. You know, mm-hmm. you need to find your facts. And if you didn't set up a meeting, obviously don't go to the meeting. Stands to reason, <laughs> sure. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, this guy kept calling me and leaving voicemails. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And then I called my sister. Yo, this, this guy, Patrick, keep, keep calling me. What is this all about? He says, the Vancouver Film School. You said you mentioned something about the school. And then she goes, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot to mention. You have an appointment. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. That's funny. Um, so I asked my boss for a day off. He flipped because <laughs> I never take days off. Like he's, Not even when I'm sick. Actually, I should have. But now that I think about it, not even when I was sick, I was taking days mm-hmm. off. 
And then he see after he screamed at me for like half an hour, he said, you know what, you should go. But he laughed at me because I said, I want to go back to school. Yeah. He goes, like, you already got a job. What are, you, what, are you, what are you going to school for? That's the purpose of going to school, to have a job. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of true, but right. I, want a, I want a different job. So anyways, I went to the meeting, and last thing I know is I'm already enrolled. I don't even know how, but the guy just do like a, I don't know, one of those Jedi mind tricks on me. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I, I left that place, and I realized that, okay, now i got to go back to school. Now i got to tell my boss I need to quit because I need to go back to school. Now he's gonna really going to flip. <laughs> <sighs> More than a day so, off now. Yeah. yeah. And then last thing I know, I went to film school. I hated it at the beginning, not going to lie, because I was not prepared for it. I had no expectations, but I had no idea what sound in film was hmm. and all my classmates they have they had a background on at least knowing the process and they did at least did a google search like how do they do sound for film i didn't know so was that i came in was that the focus then when you went there or was it film more like more broadly a film education it was, it was sound it was the sound program at the oh, vancouver cool. film school awesome so they go through everything, like dialogue editing, background, sound effects, foley, location sound, game audio. They pretty much touch on everything. Mm. And at the beginning, it was a little bit technical, and I didn't know how to touch to use Pro Tools whatsoever. Before that, you're going to laugh, but uh, I used a thing called Cool Edit. Oh, yeah. Cool Edit Pro. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Gotta add the like pro, Years right? ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, years ago. And I try I was playing with Logic a little bit, like the first one, before they messed it up. Yeah. Um Is Cool Edit Pro is that still a thing or did that die away? I think it's Adobe Audition now. I think Adobe bought it. Oh, is that what it okay, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, well, that was years ago. Anyways, that was my only experience with a software before going to school. So Pro Tools was really humbling. And it was like, you are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, the software telling me to me, you don't know how to use me. (laughs) And yeah, that was challenging. And also all the technical things like, I don't know, you know, like um, acoustics and all these new things that I was not aware of them. Right, yeah. I, I can't, So it was kind of like a little bit of a shock at the beginning. So I didn't actually like it at the beginning, but then after that period, after the learning curve kind of like evened me out with all my classmates, it was kind of fun. And yeah, okay. if, I, if it wasn't for that, that really got me into the whole... I had no idea there was a person recording sound on set. Right. No yeah. idea. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know in the beginning, right? It's all everything is all yeah. like wide eyes and it's all yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um when I went to school, the thing I, I focused the most was Foley. I don't know if you're aware of what Foley is. Yeah. But you just have to recreate basically every action of actors later on. So when they do the mix downs and they send the mixes to different countries, um, they have the separation so they could just add the dubs. And then they keep the sound effects separate. Uh, it also brings the whole film up 
and it makes everything else glue to mm. the screen. So I, I really liked Foley because I, I'm a really, I like to touch things and I like to do things with my hands. So that was my first passion, by the way. And that's how my whole YouTube channel started. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was not even looking to do location sound. That's just something people kept asking me to do because I, I met them at school and they we had to do a class on location sound. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, maybe we can talk about that because, you yes. know, when, when people reach out to me, uh, you know, from film school and they're trying to get an internship or whatever it is, that's kind of something that I talk to them about. Like, you know, it seems to me, and maybe, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong or what, what you think, but it seems like it's a really good way into the industry is, you know, getting a pack and going on set, whether it's a film or TV shoot or even just like commercial commercial advertising work or that sort of thing. It seems like there's, and maybe this is a little just broad, but it seems like there's a lack of that type of talent and skill across the board. Maybe, do you notice that? I mean, you're, you do it, so you probably don't have a problem <laughs> getting the work. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Am I, am I off base there or no? What do you think? Uh, so let me see if I understood what you said here. <laughs> You said that getting a like a getting out there is the is the best is the right thing to do. Like just well, buying I, a kid. Well, I think like well let let's talk about it because I'm curious what what you think. Everybody watching this channel wants a job in audio. Maybe they already got one, but right. Right, it's you know kids in school. They're they're looking for a job oh, and they're trying see, to figure see. out how it is. And they they tend to think it's like you know your main thing is like either going into a studio for music, going into a studio for film, and some of them. Like you mentioned before, like you didn't realize, some of them just totally forget that there's this place called a set. <laughs> right. And they don't think that that's even an opportunity to get into the field. And I feel like more people flock to studios than do sets, for audio anyway. Mm, okay, okay. Is that your experience well, yeah, or no? I, I guess, well, yeah, everybody I meet on set, they have some sort of music background, Yeah. as a matter of fact. It's really rare when you meet somebody on set that's in the sound department and they don't have any type of background in music. Yeah, it's like the gateway either drug they for love audio, it. right? <laughs> yeah, it's like they either love it or they collect vinyl or like something, tapes, A-tracks, I don't know, one of those things. But yeah, you're right. Uh, doing the, getting out there is the best thing you should do. I know a lot of people that think, I want a job but they are not working towards that job. Like, they're yeah. just saying it. And it's like, well, you just said that to me, and you could have just asked me a thousand other questions, but you just said, give me a job. And I said, no, and that's the end of our interaction. Instead, if you said, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You, you start a conversation, and then I get interested. It's like, okay, let's see what this kid is all about. Let's see what this other person's all about. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget that we have so much fr free access to so many tools, like just these, like watching videos, interviews, people talking about it. Even if you have no clue what's happening, by watching it again and then watching a thousand other videos, you're going to be like, oh, they keep talking about this thing. Now let me go back and watch it. Yeah. That's how I learn. That's yeah. how I actually, that's why I do YouTube, because I'm trying to give back all the things I learned from it. 
Yeah. Like from cooking, from fixing a light bulb, to everything. Like the community there is sometimes a little bit toxic, but that happens, you know. People are not happy sometimes because they haven't made that first choice of, okay, I'm going to do what I want. So, yeah, so let's let's talk about that a little bit then, you know, teach a little bit here. So, mm-hmm. you know, a film set, you know, there's not like an abundance of access to film sets for you like anybody you know it's not like i can just be like oh i'm gonna go down to my local film set this week and and talk to the people there you know (laughs) like that doesn't you know all right so maybe you could kind of help us out could you explain like what really is the job of a location sound mixer maybe sort of give us a description of like what a set looks like who are the people in the audio department maybe just kind of give us you know a little taste Hmm. if you would okay so in the sound department for film and television uh, usually we have three positions. We have the sound mixer, the boom operator, and the sound utility. The sound utility, we call it sound assistants in Canada. Don't know why, but that's how we call them. I think sound utility sounds cooler. It gives you some, some, some good rep. Because if you're just a sound assistant, people think you're just getting people coffee or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, true. But anyways, um, so we got those three. Those are the three main ones. Sometimes, depending on budgets, we might only have two people, sound mixer and boom up. And the boom up uh, double duties as a sound utility. Um, We are in charge of capturing dialogue and making sure that when you sit down in your sofa, it sounds great. When you watch your favorite TV show, you don't notice any problems. And if you do, sometimes it's not necessarily the per, uh, the sound mixer's problem. Uh, it's uh, an executive deciding to shoot ADR because they didn't like something. Right, yeah. Line changes or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, that too. That happens. So that our main goal is to capture dialogue. Dialogue is king. We could also grab some sound effects if we can there on, on the actions that whatever the actors are doing. But I think our main job is capturing the performances, which in this case is the dialogue. Uh, because the dialogue is the story. And without the story, there's no show. Right. Uh, otherwise, you just go watch Transformers. <laughs> 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 okay. And then you just get your fix of crazy explosions and crazy sound design. All the machinery. <laughs> yes. Um... So, yeah, those are the three main ones. Mixer, boom up, and sound assist. Oftentimes, we do have um, playback operators. And we also have, I think that's it. Well, because of COVID, now we have fourth, uh, uh, second assistant that just cleans and helps the sound, assist, sound utility. Oh, so they're um, grabbing all of, like, the... The, the lives and things like that and context and things and, and just like wiping them down yeah. or something. So, okay. Yeah, just making sure it's clean. But that's only like in the big budget shows. Yeah. In my shows, <laughs> it's only like two people yeah, there shows. and then God bl- yeah. They give me a bag of uh, alcohol wipes and Merry Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so what's, what's like the hard, talk about the hard stuff because to me, the, the location sound mm-hmm. job, jobs, it's like some of the hardest stuff out there. Like it, it seems like it shouldn't be, 
you know, from an outside perspective. But hmm. uh, so so take a moment and give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> tell us like tell us some of the things that are challenging that maybe you just you know you wouldn't really expect like something like you know hiding a lava like that's incredibly challenging. Yes, I'm just gonna say this. Um, I'm gonna make I don't know if this analogy or this story is gonna work, but just think about it. How hard is to record a song? And a studio, like you have everything controlled. The acoustics are on point. The microphones are on point. Yeah. Everything is on point. How hard that is. Yeah, you've got a lot of control of the environment and the gear. It's gear that's like yeah. set up constantly. It's not moving around. Usually you know yeah. what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So now imagine having to do like a live event. It's, it gets Everything has its own little complications. I understand that. But what I'm trying to say here is, Imagine being out there in the world and nobody's looking out for you and you have to make the best of what the performance is. Capturing that as cleanly as you can. Yeah. So it, it translates to the movie or the series or whatever you get into. It, that's the main challenge, the environment. Because once we can't control that, there's nothing we could do sometimes. And that's the frustrating part. Letting know... Ha, Knowing when you have to let go and there's nothing you could do because there was not enough prep, because the people that could help you are not in the right mindset. And that's another thing when it comes to film. It, another thing, another reason why it's so hard sometimes is because the problems are out of your hands. There's nothing you could do. Yeah. No matter the experience you have, no matter who you are, how many years you've been doing this, there's a you might know some tricks and you have my some uh, some ideas, but at the end of the day, if the answer is no, it's just no. And if you can't fix that problem, you just can't. So let me ask you then, because that's a really interesting predicament that everybody eventually finds himself in. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So, you know, you're on set, you got a boom, you got a lav or lavs or whatever it is. Something hmm. just is beating you. Right. You've 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 emptied the deck of cards. You've tried everything, whether it's like a generator that's too close or exterior noise or something is making this dialogue really problematic. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Do I mean, do you raise your hand to the to the director or or whoever and say, hey, you know, this is a problem like this is going to be a big like what what's the step that you would take? Or do you just say nothing? Right? Say nothing, go home, get my paycheck. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, you know, it happens. You know, I just dealt with something very recently where I was like, how did, how did somebody not say anything on set with this? You know, like, this is a right. huge problem. So, but what do you do, you know? Um, it all depends with the work ethic you have and how invested in this business you are. And some people, they, they're just there for the paycheck. They just want to get paid. They don't even they don't even watch the shows. They don't even care. They don't even read the scripts. <laughs> sometimes, like depending on the show, if it's like a TV or a movie of the week, it's always the same. So there's no need to read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> somebody breaks <laughs> up. Somebody kidding. gets together. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now you do have to read it, so you get the idea, right? And you know how the show is gonna go, and then. Anyways, if you notice, the way we do film, um, at least on the level I am right now, 
everything is all being prepped. We go to the locations. We know exactly where we're gonna shoot. Nothing is when nothing is get thrown last minute. Sometimes things change last minute, but the bulk of it is not improvised. It's not like okay, now let's go to that corner and then shoot. Right. No, I mean sometimes we change things based on I don't know if the lights going away. We might have to shift and go somewhere else, but for the most part, everything is structured. So that way everybody can plan ahead and go to the locations and then fix if there's any problems or not. Now, if the show you're in doesn't have that type of budget where they could send you in and see the problems beforehand, well, you need to improvise. And before it becomes an issue, you need to voice it. Because once it's a last minute thing, nobody's gonna listen to you. It's like, buddy, we've been shooting here for like an hour. You just noticed this? Good point. And that's the most embarrassing thing that they people tell you hey and then the first few times you voice your concerns and you realize well yeah that's kind of right it should be my job to be a prepare beforehand so it never actually becomes a problem <laughs> but sometimes uh people working raises the noise floor like crazy so there's no way to hear a tone or a fridge because people are just going crazy, moving stands and everything, right? So this that's one factor, number one, why sometimes if you're starting out, you might not be able to listen to something because you, the floor, noise floor was not there before because it was, the noise was the, the actual capture. You couldn't hear the noise floor because there was something on top of it. Right. So that's one main thing. Try to go to a set before these people, after they set up their lights, and before we start shooting. So you that's why the boom-ups need to live on set at all times, because they need to know these things. They need to be able to listen to the environment, making sure nothing is creating problems. Mm. And that's why boom-ups never leave. There's other several reasons why they don't leave, but that's one of them. So if something just comes up mid-take, it's never been there, and it's a problem, and it's going to affect the the, the the scene well luckily the people you're working with have also ears <laughs> right. and they're like well what is that oh, that's that just came when it's kind of subtle you are the one that needs to bring it up yeah but usually everybody with headphones will hear it and sometimes i make an effort to bring the noise floor even louder so they hear it on their headsets it's a good trick right because yeah. it's <laughs> and, and that's just the mix track right the ISOs are still good yeah so um, and they'd be like, oh, something changed. And they're like, yeah, sorry, something came out, guys. I don't mean to interrupt. That's me just saying, hey, we kind of need to stop and do fix this problem. So that's your subtle so way of, of raising your hand. It's the, the <laughs> subtle way is introducing it so they hear it, and now they're yeah. raising their hand on your behalf. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> Some people say that's a no-no because <laughs> the directors don't want to, like, get... Um, they, they don't need to bother with technical things. Right, and I but understand to that. that I yeah. say, uh, and to that I say, well, yeah, that's true, but if something is affecting the way he's envisioned something, I think I should say something. Yeah. Maybe not stop the take. Yo, you need to stop. Yeah, and that's the hard, but, you know, that's the hard decision to make on the spot, right? It's, it's what yeah. mo- at what moment, you know, and yeah. at what degree of problem... Am I going to stop? And how do I stop, right? Clearly not going to stop I in the middle never, of a take. Like, you're not going to just run a, 
Right. You gotta. You gotta. Yeah. Find I would never. Yeah. I would never stop a take. Yeah. No matter. Nothing. That's why I will never stop a take. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that type of person. I haven't. My ego is not there yet. You know, or my level of experience is not there yet. I don't feel that we, as sound people, should. As much as we are creative people, I think that if once we get into that, we start biting on other people's jobs. And I think that if you don't have the permission from the director to say you have full control of stopping a take, I don't think you should do it. Mm. So what do you say the chain of command is there then? Who, who is who's the person that you tap to say, hey, I mean, not during a take, but after the take is done, whose attention are you getting? I will, I will go to the, it depends. Sometimes you get really good ADs, first assistant directors, and uh, and sometimes you get good directors that they're all hands-on and they need to be involved. So it depends on what kind of uh, creative people you're working with. If the director doesn't want to be bothered with the technical things because he can or she can like multitask or something because they got like a storyboard happening in their heads, you don't talk to them because if you say something, they freak out. Yeah. So you go to the AD, which that person shouldn't freak out because they need to be calm and, you know, controlled the whole time. So you go to the ADs and then you say like, yo, in this stage, we have about, you know, like a quarter done and then this happened. Uh, I don't know, like a car next door just parked right in front of the set behind us and we couldn't see the car, but we could hear it. Things like that. And... Like I said, this comes with budget, too. People will hear these things, and they will stop. The higher you go, the more respect, not respect, the more care you have for the, uh, from the crew and everybody when it comes to sound. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yes. it's like a, that's a, sort of a tough lesson to learn, though, I feel like. And some people are just too scared to, to speak up. And it's kind of the job, right? I mean, <laughs> in the end, I mean... You got you to be able to take care of it ahead of time, but there's just some things where it's it's probably better to speak up at some point than to just let it ride, you know, and all of a sudden there's, you know, five yeah. days worth of ADR or, or not if you don't have the budget, like you said. Fun times. Yeah. Um, well, so why don't we talk about some of the other tricky situations? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you tell me. I mean, there's anything from, you know – each scene, you know, they well, got to set up lights and all of a sudden audio has five minutes, <laughs> you know. Okay, so before we move on, let me just give you another thing sure. on, on when to stop a take. If you notice that you, you're not recording, happens to everybody. Oh, yeah, like if during a take. If you want to get into sound, yeah, during oh, yeah. a take. Oh, yeah. That just happened to uh, me, actually, I think like last week or something. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. just... It, you do it. You do enough that's work. It's gonna happen, given. right? Yeah. It's game of numbers. That's it, right. <laughs> we're not machines. We're humans. We make mistakes. Yeah. We're made of flesh. Oh man, that sucks. Though. Uh, <laughs> it it sucks. The first time it's like you feel like I don't know. Your firstborn was died or something. Yeah. You feel like a hole in your stomach, <laughs> and it's like you want to puke, cry, and everything at the same time. Uh, but then after you do it a couple of times, you you cool down. <laughs> you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> you get used to it. Um, if that happens, I would re-record right away. So I will get something. Yeah, and you've got pre-roll you notice, on these machines, but that's only that's yeah, not that much. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not much. It's like six seconds, that's and if you, you have that. a counter, thirty seconds. Yeah, but even then, 
that's one you shouldn't stop it but at least you should voice it out right right real quick as an example in my previous show on the last setup of the whole show my machine got sticky on the record button so i hit record i started recording but then mid take stopped and i didn't notice until the very end of the take and it was a really long take oh man of course <laughs> and I, I'm over there mixing, you know, going crazy. It's like six people talking. I'm reading lines, you know, cueing everybody. And then they say cut. And I go to press stop. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's not recording. So that's one of the only times I freaked out recently. I was like, yo. Because uh, right away they say, okay, let's move on. Last setup. And I'm like, shit, no, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we didn't. We don't have that take. And you know, in those in those moments, you don't blame the person; you blame the equipment. Sorry, guys, I had a technical. <laughs> yeah. uh, cameras happens all the time. Yeah. Why not sound recorders, right? And in in my in my case, it was kind of like a machine problem. But anyways, uh, I had to tell them right away because they were about to move on from that scene. Actors were gonna be wrapped. We don't have that take. At least that setup. And they loved it, right? Because it was so long. It was like three setups in one. So three takes, basically. And it had to happen on that <laughs> scene. <laughs> it's the last scene. So they yeah. know I'm there, you know. I always do that on the last day. So I make mistakes on the last day. <laughs> right. I can't get fired because, you know, it's the last day. And they know I'm there because they haven't seen me the whole show. <laughs> yeah. You build up all so. that goodwill and then ruin it the last day. <laughs> yes. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen, right? Um well, so what are some of the other things that are, you know, some of the other challenges? Why don't you talk about some things that come to mind, whether it's RF or, you know, time with actors and actresses, getting them wired up. I mean, what, what's the stuff that's, that's tough that people might not realize? Um, the toughest thing of the job, being a sound person on set, is dealing with a thousand people. Yeah. You need to be good with people. If you're a shy, introvert person, practice. Get in front of the mirror, think of it as a task, as a job, and get it done. Because there's a lot of us that, even myself, if I'm not in my studio here, my in my in my area, I'm not like outgoing or anything. I'm just a regular dude. But you know, people sometimes think because I'm recording myself, I'm like, yo, this huge personality, or I have this, <laughs> you know. But nah, man, I go out like I don't want people to see me, and you know, it's like. So when I say uh, one of the most challenging things is dealing with people and um, different departments, everybody care for their own job. Only the, the people that have been doing this for a long time actually have a knowledge for, for, for other departments and what they do. But if you're brand new, you have no idea what a camera person is doing. You have no idea what a wardrobe person is doing. Yeah. And same thing applied to us. Nobody knows what we do until they do this for like years and they're like oh, okay that guy is recording sound because he has a microphone and a cable but if you're brand new and you just get thrown in this situation where you have to deal with all these people uh, and if you don't know what they do that's really challenging because you have nothing in common other than the final product which is the film but if you invest some time learning what they do and at least knowing their craft to some degree you earn their respect just think of it. If you have to deal with somebody and they don't know nothing about sound, but they have they know some of the terms 
and they did their homework and they approach you with, okay, can you give me a little bit more, um, whatever it is, right? You will be, the, your whole interaction with that person is going to be so much different. Yeah. Than if there's somebody just saying, no, I don't know, I don't like it. Sounds, I don't know why, but I don't like it. Then you'll be like, oh, another one of these guys. <laughs> so that is the same for us. If you know their craft, they're going to, so that's one of the most challenging things. That's, learning how to deal with people. That's a really that's a really awesome point. And I, just to piggyback on that, because something kind of came up into my mind. And I think what you know, the, what goes with that too is when you understand people's job, it's a little bit easier to have a conversation with them too. And if it's yeah. easier to have a conversation with them, it's easier to get to know them, become friendly, and you see each other on other shows, right? Because you know yeah. it's kind of a community. It's a small world, you know. Especially if you're in Van, if you're in Vancouver, you're probably working with a lot of the same people from set to set to set, and I'll tell you what, man, I would imagine the same for you. I've gotten jobs from people who are not in the audio department before when I'm doing like a film or TV thing. Just because I was talking mm -hmm. to the camera person or whoever's, you know, doing the shading or a utility or whatever. Those people sometimes get asked, hey, do you know anybody in audio? You know, and, and another case of that is, you know, I've talked a little bit on the show. A couple of years ago, I joined the core crew for Bellator MMA. So we traveled around, we put on that show. Now it's on Showtime. It's been on those different networks. But the guy, the guy who I took over wait, is... Wait, wait, Hmm? You do the, you do the audio or you fight? <laughs> I fight, man. No. <laughs> you, are you kidding? This guy fighting? No, yeah. You'll yeah. be surprised, man. <laughs> this can punch. Yeah, so I, I run the Pro Tool system out of the truck. Oh, uh, I mean, okay. right now, actually, I, ru I run it out of the studio remotely, which is insane that that's actually working. But I'm one of the few people that's working remotely for the crew. But when I was going out, you know, with the show, the person who I replaced, uh, it, part of his job <laughs> was making the Cuban coffee for the crew. You know, we've got this like percolator and we bring this Cafe Bustello and it's a fun camaraderie thing, but we love, you know, some espresso. Well, that was yeah. a godsend because when I started there, A, I didn't know everybody's position or really what was going on. It's a really big crew, but I didn't know everyone's name or face or anything like that. All of a sudden, I'm the guy that brings them coffee. And mm -hmm. it's a chance for, it's an icebreaker for the new person, you know, and they get to know me and all of a sudden it's like really quick way to make buddies. So like another way to make some friends and learn some things on set, coffee, something, you know, just bring people stuff. Dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you want something done in this day and age, <laughs> we need to bribe the hell out of people. <laughs> right. And the only thing you could do that if you're not a millionaire is by buying them Starbucks. Yeah. People on film love the Starbucks. I don't know what it is. They think it's, I don't know, it's not even that good of a coffee, but <laughs> they just love it. They just love the sugar or whatever it is inside of it. And if you bring somebody a coffee, it's just like, okay, now you owe me a favor. <laughs> and I want to come collect. So next, let's say you bring a coffee to a camera person or a wardrobe person or whoever, yeah. right? Whoever's being nice to you, just being nice to them. You're not actually bribing them. But it's, it, yeah, that, that have, that's a huge thing we do on film. We we give people things. Yeah. It goes a long way. And, you know, and, and the next time you forget to press record or whatever the thing is... Yeah, yeah, they're still going to be pissed, but they're not going to be as pissed, maybe, you know? It's like that sort of thing, yeah. you know? It, it, it's a little thing. It goes a long way, but it's a great way yeah. to meet people on set and, to, and just to 
learn. It's it's good. It's a good excuse, I would say, then to get near somebody well, else in another department and then just you know build up that that friendship and the camaraderie. So yes. just wanted to piggyback on another that. thing. Another quick uh, advice I could let you uh, tell you here: never look down on people, yeah. especially on a film set. The bottom of the of the chain will be the PAs, right? Nobody trusts the PA. Nobody cares about the PAs. So I would say be nice to your PAs. Be I be nice to everybody. That's just the rule of the human being. Right. But if you have to fake it, at least be nice to everybody because you don't know where that person is going tomorrow. You don't know where um, they might. They keep grinding. They become the big boss. And they're going to remember you. They're like, oh, you know what? That guy was an asshole. That could be the nephew of the director. It could be. You know, or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That could be the case. But people go places. They usually don't stay, you know, still. We move forward. So treat everybody with respect. Mm. As you should. In life and on set. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. So maybe you can help us out uh, talking about how someone might, in your opinion, go about getting a job as a location sound mixer. I mean, if you were starting out today, you know, Mm -hmm. you didn't have the two, three, four, however many sound carts you have now. You didn't have all the carts. (laughs) I know you've got a collection. Mm -hmm. You got a problem, man. (laughs) You're collecting a lot of carts, dude. (laughs) But Um, like, what? I don't have a girlfriend. That's a problem. Yeah. So, I My mind needs you... to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have rings, you have carts. But what do you do? I mean, are you, would you suggest, again, making friends, buying buying gear, and just sort of like being like, hey, I've got the gear you need, bring me along? Like, what's the... And the thing is, too, and I hope you can touch on it, is like, you know, there's a lot of jobs in audio where you can have a good career without worrying about where you live because you can do a lot of things remotely and you have clients all over the world. And like, I live in Albany, New York. It's not a huge market and I've got plenty of clients. I'm doing good. It's different with location sound because in the name it's location. So you need to be in the location, right? right? So, I mean, what do you think? How would you do it if you had to start over? If I had to start over and be on, on location, like being in the film industry, um, what I would do is if you have the means I'll say go to a, a pro, uh, like a school. You don't have to, but if you have the means and you have some um, some time to to kill, <laughs> in this case to learn, four or five years. I'll to say burn. go to s- <laughs> no. This film, the Vancouver Film School, is only one year. Oh, there you go. Perfect. So it's pretty nice. And the main reason why I said that is because that's what worked for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, you go there. You do your one-year program. When you grad, you have all these contacts from actual people in the film department that are going to go places. And that's exactly how I started. I did. Uh, we have something called film collapse uh, on one of the terms. We got six terms in the film school. Uh, on term two, we get introduced to the film campus, and we start collaborating, doing little short films and little scenes. Cool. And then we get to meet all everybody there. And it's kind of nice because it's the first introduction to what a set looks like. It's a student film. Mm. 
And that's when you should make your mistakes. That's when you should make pe- uh, meet people. That's when you learn the most by doing it. Um, so if you have the means to go to film school, at least a program, I suggest doing it. <coughs> Not for the knowledge you're going to get. It's for all the community you're going to build. Mm. All the people you're going to meet. If you don't want to go that route, you don't have to. I know pl- a lot of people that never... When you say school, they laugh at you. <laughs> they were like, oh, you pay how much to go to school? You fool? <laughs> like, I just yeah. asked the sound mixer if I could assist him one day, and he gave me a job. Those, those also exist. There's people that, you know, that they hang out around set. They just introduce themselves to the sound mixer. They are doing PA work which is the easiest way to get on a film set, I'll say. If you want to mm. get involved in film via PA, because you will learn so much. <sighs> to be in this industry, the sound technical aspect is not that big of a learning curve. So that's the last thing. Mm. Knowing and having good set etiquette is more valuable to me than the actual knowledge of sound. The knowledge of sound, anybody can learn it, and everybody can get good at it by doing it and practicing. But you just getting when to shut up is good. You can't teach that. Yeah. On when to behave like an adult. You can't teach that. You know? Sadly I'm not everybody's parents, so I can't I can't teach that. <laughs> so you having good set etiquette, which means Knowing where to go, knowing how the set works, who's who, what are they doing, what do they need, it's more valuable to me than knowing sound. Because mm. sound, you just watch a video, and then you get good at it by doing it several hundred thousand times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I will say that's another route. PA, or getting the set, just watch the set. Any any show you can get on, like, be a background performer. I'll say PA is better because you actually get to move and do things and interact with other departments, so you could get to talk to them. Uh, if you don't want to, and then that way you can at least meet several sets and then talk to the sound people whenever time's convenient and be like, yo, I'm uh, really interested in sound. Um, I have no experience, but I've been a PA for three years or one year, and... I'm really looking forward to see if I could get into this field. So and who maybe you, like, okay, now. So who would you uh, contact to try and get a job as a PA, like a local film commission or like who are the people who might hire PAs or even the, you? <laughs> yeah, if you, if you know anybody working in film, everything, anybody, if you ask them, hey, do you know how can I be a PA? They're going to send you an email or a phone number from the guy who has the PA on their set. Mm. And then PAs are like, you need them by the thousands. Yeah. So one day somebody's going to be sick or one day it's going to be, I don't know, somebody can't make it. And they're going to call, hey, do you still want to help out? We need a person to, I don't know, watch the crew park or help us out. Yeah. And you don't and, always need experience to get that job. It's always preferred, no. but you can get on set without ever having been a PA. That's kind of what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be... If you're breathing and you're healthy, <laughs> you're good. If you have a car, that's helpful <laughs> too sometimes, phone, right? Yeah. No, if you have a car and a phone, that, that's yeah. huge. <laughs> if you don't have a car 
at least get ready to transit. <laughs> um, so then, yeah. so that's cool. What about like, uh, tell us about like the audio crew then. Like, if you want to be on the audio crew, are you hiring the rest of your crew, or like, how would I become, like, how would I get hired on your set? Like, are you gonna hire the people, set. or someone else is gonna hire the whole crew? Yeah, I hire everybody in the sound in my shows. Right. Even if I'm not mixing that particular show, but somebody's using my car, I hire everybody. Hmm. Because I don't want to, it's my reputation. So I need to make sure people working to my standards are going to be sent out. And um, there's usually people that have worked with me before. Uh, if it has to be on my immediate crew, the way you could get there is... Uh, well, I never think about it. Well, the, my my most um, current boom up, he volunteered for me for three days. He dedicated three days of his life to prove that he was worthy. And by the second day, I wanted to hire him because mm. right mentality, humble, always willing to learn, even though he knows a lot of stuff. And that's huge. If you have that, those three, you, you're going to succeed in life. Because nobody likes to be fighting you know, with personalities yeah. every day. It's, it's a long like, day. It's too much to deal with. It's a yeah. long day. <laughs> so the easiest way, if you don't have a, a big resume as a sound person, is just shadow. Maybe don't ask to volunteer right away because that's kind of like... I don't like it too much because people, I, I don't like people to just be they be like, hey, let's volunteer. I was like, no, I need to see who you are, what's going on with your life. Yeah, well, um, yeah, that's the so, thing that sometimes uh, people who might ask that don't quite understand. Just because you, they're offering you free labor, as it were, that doesn't mean that it's valuable to you. And in fact, it can sometimes, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest, you know, that, that might sound a little bit harsh, but it's true. I mean, think about it from your perspective, like you just mentioned. Whether they're being paid or not, you're responsible for that person on set. And that doesn't even mean that yes. you can get them on the set. Some sets are a little bit harder to get onto regardless. If you're not on a payroll, there is such a thing as insurance. So there are some people who might yes. be a little you know, um, hesitant to allow somebody else on set that isn't being paid because of insurance or for other various reasons. So just because you say it's free doesn't mean that you can have access. And just because you're offering free work doesn't mean that you could – you know, you. It's not school. That's work, right? So you can't just be there right. all day long going, and now I'm doing this. So there's, you know, <laughs> balanced expectations, I guess, if you're going to go that route and, and hit up Rodolfo or, or another location sound mixer. Uh, another thing I'll say is I don't like people to volunteer. I prefer if you shadow. So what's because the difference? Because if you shadow, if you volunteer, that means you want to... That means you're not getting paid for something. So it's basically shadowing. But shadowing means you just go, at least in my, what I understand for it is, you go and watch. You don't have to interact. You just go watch. And if the person that you're watching wants to share, they will share with you. Hmm. If not, you're just there watching. Seeing what how, how things are done. Um, helping if if they ask you to help. But you don't have to because you're not getting paid again. Right. But in the, in those I prefer that that telling them they're gonna be volunteering as a sound assist because I don't know these people, right? A lab is expensive, so yeah. I'm not gonna be handing them thousands of dollars and be like, "Yeah, I gotta go play." Yeah, here's a two thousand dollar transmitter. 
<laughs> yeah, so no. Uh, so that's why shadowing is better. So they just sit there, watch. They have questions, they ask. If I want to share something, I share it with them. But usually they will, they will ask. You can get a vibe of what kind of personality they have. If they're the people that they just want to, they don't want to be a problem to you, they will just sit there and watch. And then you 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 bring them into the conversation. Hey, so what do you want to do, sound? Or what what is what interests you? And and then you start building um, building that. For me, it's more about personality than actual skills. Yeah. So sticking along a theme like how to get a job, I got maybe another one or two more questions for you. Then, so you know the PA route. You know you mentioned how to do that. Sounds like you know another route to to get on set is to find uh, you know your local. Uh, mixers and start to talk with them. And you mentioned this earlier, kind of quickly, but I'll, I'll just put a put a light on it just to remind people. Maybe the way to go about, you know, getting a gig or getting something in return from a location sound mixer who really doesn't need to give you anything isn't to make the first introduction as, "Hey, give me a job." <laughs> right? Yeah, don't do that. That's probably not going to get you. <laughs> your, your mileage may vary, but it will probably be, be pretty low, regardless. Um, so, I mean, I guess you can only speak for yourself, but like if somebody's reaching out for you with the, the hope of, you know, getting your ear, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully getting around you and learning some things, what might mm-hmm. you want to see or hear from that person <clears throat> that's going to make you pay attention and, you know, give them the time of day and maybe help them out? Okay. It will go like this. If you want to get a job in film, approaching me or any other mixer or anybody working in the industry, these are the things you should consider. Number one, you should have some onset experience or at least know somebody that do and ask them a lot of questions. Days are long. The last thing I want is a kid to start complaining after six hours that they want to go home. So make sure you know that it's going to be, you're going to be there for the long run and you need to commit and you can't be bringing up your, uh, I want to go home thing mentality because you know, <laughs> that would just be, I would just send you home and never come back. Yeah. So remember that days are long, so be ready to be there sometimes on your feet. So get, get good at it. Number two would be do your homework. If you really want to be in the film, uh, in the sound department, at least Google it. Make type a YouTube video location sound. Go Do to your YouTube research. channel. <laughs> go to my YouTube channel. <laughs> go to other YouTube channels. If you go to my playlist in my YouTube channel, I have I follow I I follow a lot of people, and all those people do work in film. Hmm. So any of those guys will be great help for you. So watch those videos. Use, utilize the free resources as much as you can. Squeeze those things. So at least we have something to talk about when you actually come and set and you were trying to make a good impression. And I'm like, okay, this guy read a book or two. Uh, there's something in there. Some brains after all. Yeah. Number yeah. three would be, <clears throat> number three would be, have no expectations. Nobody owes you anything. I know because you are a nice guy, that means they have to give you a job. If that was the case, I would be employed 24-7 the whole year round. (laughs) And I'm not. Even when somebody you think they're successful in this business, they don't work the whole year round. Right. 
So when I'm not working, I'm looking for work. <laughs> We're just chilling at home. So if somebody calls me when I'm not working, I'm, I'll say, well, sorry, I'm, I don't have a gig right now, but reach out later or if I remember, I'll send you a text. So what I'm trying to say here is we don't work year round. So whenever you reach us, we might not be able to provide anything to you. Unless you want to come hang out in my garage. <laughs> but that will be kind of creepy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's another thing. Remember, we're not staffed by... Well, some mixers are working all year round, but at least myself, I don't work all year round. So whenever you reach me, I might not be able to help you because I don't have a show for you to shadow or come. Yeah. So it's not me being an asshole. It's just, you know, I can't. Yeah. Well, it's I'm another, actually also yeah. looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's another good realization for, for people to understand, like, like you just said. I mean, the job is, it's not really seasonal, right? I mean, it's not seasonal, but it's, it's you know, there's lulls sometimes. You just, you never know. It, is, it means sometimes it's timing, you know? Really. Yeah. COVID changed everything. Everybody thought there was going to be work nonstop, but then now it's kind of slowing down. Mm. Who knows? Last, last month was like crazy. I don't think it's going to stop, at least not where I live. Mm. But it is kind of slow sometimes, especially if you want to mix. Yeah. So let, let me ask one more question before we let you out of here, if hmm. that's cool. Um, gear. Man, hmm. I mean, there's, you know, what we do, you can look across the board in audio, gear's expensive. But when I think about, like, your job specifically and the gear that you use... It's really, really specific to the application that you're using it for, which is, you know, hiding lobs and, and film and commercial sets. You know, you're not going to use a lavalier on a whole lot of things in audio. Um, just uh, talking broad terms, you know. Um, you know, your recorders, all, all the, the expendables, you know, and the tapes and the cloths mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And it seems like you... <clears throat> You almost feel like you need it all. Not, not, we're not even talking about comms. I mean, there's so many things that you need. It gets pricey to really do what you do. So, again, you're starting out, you know, picture yourself way back when. Like, what do you do? Like, do, do you not invest in that? Like, when is the time to, like, invest? You know, do you really need a sound devices, you know, <laughs> recorder? Or, you know, so talk about that. What do you think? <clears throat> okay, so when it comes to gear... The first thing I recommend you guys buying is a recorder. Because even if you're not a, a portable, a multi-track recorder, like a sound devices, Zoom, or anything, because that's going to be useful regardless of you doing sound on set or not. You could use it for so many other things. It could be your interface. It could You could plug into your um, all your microphones. Go do recording, sound effects. You could do so many things with it. So even if you decide that location sound is not for you, that investment is going to stay there. And most recorders, they hold their value very good. Mm. Um, Up until now, the 6 Series for sound devices was like the top notch. And you could sell those for a really good price and resell. Now, because Scorpio and the 8 Series, you can't. But they still are good recorders to use. So you could invest on any of those professional ones. And you'll be good for at least, I don't know, five to ten yeah. years. If don't, you don't mind the flashy new bells yeah. and things. Well, those aren't cheap, that six series. I mean, you're looking at three, four grand to get started, right? Some of those. No? Well, I guess that's right. 
Yeah, I don't know. Everything is. I'm so thankful that my career took a turn and I decided to invest in this early on, because all my investments they have paid for themselves. Mm. So now I'm able to get new toys. And so I like say not, toys, but yeah. they actually keep me employed. So you're not buying like the uh, cheap one and then buying an, the mid-level one and then buying the expensive one. No. Like you just went, yeah. I made the mistake of buying a startup microphone. I bought I bought a Rode NTG2. Yeah. And I regretted it the second I plugged it into my recorder because it sounded like garbage. Yeah. Uh, and I said, no more buying this garbage. If I can buy a microphone, I'm going to rent a good one until I can buy a good one. Because I just wasted this money, right? Yeah, it's tough. Again, I can't bring it. Yeah, and that's the thing with what you do again. And and I wonder if you agree. I mean, like boom mics, cheap boom mics sound really cheap. Good boom mics are really expensive, though. (laughs) Like, like, I mean, if you're talking about like a 416, you know, and some people even hate those, they're still about a thousand bucks and they're not really considered the best shotgun, you know? Like, that's, that's not cheap. But, but I mean, if you spend 500 bucks, it sounds like garbage it. and nobody wants it, you know, so. <laughs> exactly. I say this. If you want, this is how I did it. So this is the only example I could give you. Sure. Uh, I, I went to film school, right? You don't have to. I met somebody there that said, hey, I want to do a documentary. You want to do the sound for it. I'll give you the location sound and the post sound. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Let's do it. And then he goes, okay, yeah, but we're going to need gear. And I was like, yeah, I got it. And I charged him up front for the gear. So he gave me that money. He said, I said, yeah, the rental house needs it. But the rental house was nobody because, you know, I was, I was lying. I had no gear. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully nobody's watching this. <laughs> You're going to get an invoice um, tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, fuck. No, this is almost, what, eight years ago? I think I'm in the clear. Yeah, now. statue limitations. You're good. Uh, <laughs> So I said, yeah, we need the, uh, he gave me the money for the rentals. And instead of renting it, I went and bought a sound device of 683. And I had no money left. The rentals, it was paid for that. So I was like, okay, now I pay for this. Yeah. Now I need cables, wireless, microphones, booms. And I said, okay, what can I do? So I used my credit card. And I don't recommend you guys doing this because getting, going into debt it's not a good advice. <laughs> but I was still going to get paid for my labor. So I said, okay, if I, I did the math. And I'm like, okay, I have another five grand left. Because this is a long show. This is a, mm. it's a big project. I was pretty excited. And that's the only reason why I actually went and pulled the plug. Because I was guaranteed this amount of days and I was going to get paid this amount of money. Mm. So I said, okay, even after this show, at least I'm not, too deep in the hole. <laughs> and you've got a kid so, now that you can do other work with, it sounds like. Ex- exactly. That's cool. So I got the 683, the most expensive purchase I ever did, and I paid cash. That was the most baller thing I, I ever done in my say. life. <laughs> Rolling up. I've, I've, and that was when they were like brand new. That was like, yeah. yeah. So I felt pretty good about it. It kind of hurt me a little bit because I was like, do I really want to drop this amount of money? Like, I've never held this amount of money before in my life. <laughs> so I said, you know what, let's do it. If I don't do location sound, I could still do sound effects recording and Foley with this. It should be fine. Uh, I maxed out my credit card. 
and I paid for, I rented laughs, G3s from a local music store that they had them for like IEMs. So I just reverse engineer the things and I make them laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, all the batteries and distribution system, that cost me a lot of money too. And I didn't notice that was going to cost me a lot of money. So I ended up spending, putting in my credit card a lot of money at the beginning. But luckily, like I said, after I got paid for that show, I paid almost everything off. Um, and I just I had a few few remaining balance there. And then after that show ended, I still need to do the post. I was like, you know, dude, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> so when the post came, we also got some good money out of it because there was good funding. Mm. And... And that basically paid that show, paid for my whole first setup. No laughs. Boom, microphone, boom, pole, recorder. And I was renting laughs from friends and music uh, music uh, stores. Yeah. I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if you guys heard about Tom Lee. I don't know. I think that's a Canadian store. Yeah, no, we don't have Along one here. Along McQuaid. It's like Sweetwater, basically. Got you. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Like, I met a dude that everybody hated on at school, actually, because he was a jerk. <laughs> but I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt, you know, because you don't know the stories. You don't know what they've been right. through. So I was nice to him. I was, like, not nicer than anybody else. I didn't know who he was or what he was doing. I was just being myself and just said, like, yo, let's do this. I like you. You could. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's a great story. Uh, and that's how everything started. And since then, some of the years after that were rough because I had no gigs and I had all this money invested in location sound gear. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Right? Like I said, I wanted to do Foley at the beginning and then now I got all this gear. So it was a little bit of a complicated time in my life. And that's when I started this channel too. If you go back and you watch the first videos, you realize I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) 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 And still, some of them, it's like, what the heck, dude? Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, the channel's great. Maybe I didn't see the first ones, but the channel's great. There's a lot to learn there. Um, Well, would you you recommend, I mean, do you know, I mean, I'm sure you know other location sound mixers. You know, I'm sure you guys all talk. Do, Do you know... Are there people out there who, like, consistently or maybe want to rent some gear? Like, if I were starting out and I said, like, oh, well, maybe my way in is if I bought, like, two channels of Electrotonics, maybe, you know, the, these these this girl or guy over here needs an extra two channels for the show, and maybe that's my way onto the mm-hmm. show or something like that. It would, I don't know. I'm just yeah. thinking out of the box. Is that something that could work? <clears throat> Absolutely. The first mixers I met, because... I did this whole thing backwards. I started as a mixer. And I was like, <laughs> right. people Good use, be, people started as a sound assistant and then boom ups and then mixers. But because I didn't knew nobody from that scene, I started mixing my short films and bag. I was with my bag and doing these little projects, right? And then from there, the big projects came. Big, I mean, like, not, not a student film, like this is an actual production that's running it. It's still a low budget, but it's a bigger production, right? Yeah. And then from there, I just kept doing those and then bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I did it backwards. I had no contract with other sound people. 
everything that I knew was because I was reading, looking at videos, asking people online. And then I realized, somebody told me this, you should reach out to your local. What are you reaching out to us in LA or New York or all these places when you have your local community there? And right. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, that's right. <laughs> Isn't the so internet like I, like the internet? I swear is like blinding in that way. It's like if you go on a forum, you'll you'll take the word of some complete like asshole stranger over somebody in your backyard who you've known for forever who is also like way smarter, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that, that is about. That opened my yeah. eyes, like, and I I started reaching out. Like, I remember the first time I reached out, it was because I had a problem, uh, and I needed a cable. Uh, when it comes to locations, uh, most of the cables are pretty custom, so you need to actually get them made. Yeah. So it's not like you go to Radio Shack and you buy a cable. Yeah, I swear everything in that thing. field is a million dollars. Yeah, everything. <laughs> um, so I knew this guy from a show. He was in the wardrobe department. And I asked him, yo, you know any sound mixers? I, I'm, I, need, I have a problem. And then he goes, oh, yeah, let me give you his number. He gave me his number, and I phoned him freaking out. Yo, dude, I heard you're a sound mixer. How you doing? My name is Rodolfo. Uh, I, my, one of my cables um, is down, and I need a cable. Would I be able to uh, rent one from you? And then he go, oh, yeah, sure, no problems, man. Today's my day off, but I have my, my kid with me, his sound equipment. Just come on by. So I went there at rap. Like, it was like 1130. Mm. I show up, he's drunk out of his mind. Because <laughs> he's his day off, yeah. he's blowing some steam, I don't know what the heck. It took <laughs> us like an hour to find the goddamn cable. <laughs> uh, but it was fine because we were chatting and he was like, hey, you know, um, if I ever need somebody, let me know. Uh, and then he was, yeah, sure, no worries, son. He said, keep the cable, I don't need it. And I was like, okay. Oh, really? That's... You've had some good fortune, and my like, friend. Huh. <laughs> and then he, well, he needed it back later. He was just drunk. Oh, right. Okay. That makes I more st- sense. I still brought it back. <laughs> I still brought it back because uh, I didn't want to keep it. Yeah, he, that's what you need. Even though he said keep it. I, yeah, sure, man. I sure, I said back. keep it. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can see that happening. <laughs> Uh, and then he never asked for it, but I brought it back because I wanted to talk to him again. It's over, right? Like, hey, yeah, what's up? Give me a job, man. And then from there, I I, I started reaching out to more mixers, and, and then people. I as I grew in this industry, I started to need more wireless. So I started uh, people start selling them the old models, like uh, on Electrosonics. They have a venue, this one here, yeah, a venue. So the first ones. They were kind of dated, so some mixer was selling them, and I bought them from him. And that's how I've been acquiring my gear, by all the sound mixers that I know they take good care of their gear, and I just buy them from them. And I also get to meet them, which is also great, because there's one. There's going to be one day where he needs a day off, or he can't make it to work. And he'd be like, after all his contacts are busy or something, he decides to call the random dude. And yeah. that has happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Top of mind, right? Yeah. So just make sure you stay active on people's head and reach out. Never stop learning. And not because you don't have a job doesn't mean you can't learn about the craft. That means you're not practicing it, but you could also practice it at home. I remember when I started, I was loving myself. 
my mom, my sisters, like everybody. <laughs> okay, let's put a mic on you. And I will try new things, right? So if you think that because you don't have a job, you're not going to get good at it, that's a huge mistake. Well, listen, man, uh, I think this was really great. I feel like you took everybody step one all the way through. Re- really, really awesome stuff. I, I love the perspective. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know I learned a bunch. So everybody, um, once again, uh, you know, Rodolfo Piedras. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. Okay. B. <laughs> all right, B plus. I'll give you a B, B plus. Okay. B plus. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Uh, hit him up at his YouTube channel. Uh, it's <laughs> RLFO Sound. A YouTube. You can learn up, learn how to, you know, wire up uh, your talent. Hide lobs. He talks about RF a lot. You know, things about what's in his kit. You know, great extra materials to use. Um, he's got. You're like a gear like hoarder man like you've got it all and you talk about it all and it's just again it's just a great place to learn about all the things so check out that channel hit him up there super cool dude uh watch us back twice because there's so many things that i think that you might miss the first time around but if you're looking to get into audio and you like film i mean he just gave you the blueprint you know this this is where to go so um thanks again everybody who watched make sure you give us a like and subscribe but uh yeah that's all we got today thanks again to rodolfo and i'll see you on the next one bye